Kevin Bowen here. Don't forget to listen to The Fan now on 93.5 or 107.5 FM. And check out our latest coverage online at 1075thefan.com. Vinatarion for the extra point out of the hold of Rigoberto Sanchez. Here's the snap ball down, and the important PAT is up, and it is no good. Adam Vinatieri misses his sixth PAT of the season. Missed it wide to the left, and the Colts' lead stays only at two. It's 12 to 10. All right, stack trips left side for Brian Hoyer. Fourth and 10 for the Colts. Calls at the 16-yard line. Hoyer back to throw. He's got time. He's got time. Looking. Fires up field. The ball is caught. Eric Ebron. And, oh, boy, it's going to be awfully short. Ebron with a catch. He needed 10. I think he only got nine yards. Needed to get to the six-yard line. Ebron's going to go down around the seven. Ebron with a catch, but not enough upfield for a first down. And the Colts turn it over on downs with 38 seconds left. Embarrassing, pathetic, disgraceful. My wife was at the game yesterday, Joey, and she was like, God, I felt like I was watching two fourth graders play on each sideline. Just a bunch of fourth graders out mm-hmm. there on the field. That's harsh. Yeah. But man, that was uh, that was ugly. Uh, not the way we needed to welcome Joey Molinero back from his honeymoon. He is back. Um, Sorry that you had a witness that yesterday on your TV. Um, at least for your sake, your your Steelers gave you a lot of joy, but boy, where to even begin? I mean, that was utterly, utterly pathetic, and you can lay blame on a lot of spots, but as I said on Saturday when they ruled Jacoby Brissett out, I don't care who is the quarterback. Mm-hmm. You got to beat the Dolphins. Yeah. It was, it, was, it was really weird because I talked about it on Jersey Johnny, uh, yesterday morning, I said, right. hey, you know, the Colts should and probably will beat the Dolphins, but don't be surprised if in the first quarter, first half, Colts are down 10-3, 10-0, You know, like the, the Dolphins the last four weeks or especially so. Especially in the first half. Especially in the first half, have proven to go on the road yeah. at home and kind of give teams fits for a little bit, and then eventually they figure it out. So I was like, don't be surprised if that happens. Then all of a sudden... Fitzpatrick scores that touchdown right before half. I'm like, okay, it's happening. Weren't able to turn it around. Yeah, and then you continue to shit the bed in the second half. Um, You know, I thought the Darius Leonard fumble set the tone early on of like, oh my gosh, that's exactly the sort of play that you need. Because I've said this many times when you play teams that are terrible, that you need to set the tone early with that one play that deflates a team that's already kind of on the ropes. Like, Miami had their owner at the LSU Alabama game on Saturday night. Like they have one eye looking ahead oh, yeah. to to next year. Their fans were in my mentions so mad yesterday that their team was winning. They were just irate that that they were losing ground in the old tank standings. And um I guess the Ebron drop in the end zone, which I think you got a call to drop, that that kind of changed you know, that really kind of changed everything with with the inability to get points there. Got some tight butts in the stadium after that. Really tight butts. That's that's a great, great way to put it. Um, that was a library in there for so many moments on, on Sunday afternoon. And 
because I think what was sorry, Kevin, uh, but, but it, it it felt like, and obviously you were there, so you could speak to it way better. But it did feel like coming off the loss in Pittsburgh, and then having Brian Hoyer starting at home against such a bad team, it had that feeling of everybody in the stadium was like, okay, we're supposed to win, but if something is not going well at the start, oh boy, yeah, you know, like yeah, and, then, sure. and then it's just like. Is this happening? Like a very tense feeling. Was that? Yes, yeah. I think that's an accurate way to put it. And, you know, Frank Reich was asked last Wednesday, hey, are you nervous about being, uh, you know, your team could overlook the one-win Dolphins? And he's like, unfortunately, we just lost a game that we should have won in Pittsburgh, and there's no way we should be overlooking anybody. Mm-hmm. You should be a pissed-off football team. And that's, I think, what, what adds to the frustration of yesterday. And we'll get into a lot of things. On, on this podcast for reasons that the Colts lost. But the listless, the lack of urgency, that is head-against-the-wall type of stuff. Um, and the Colts had significant personnel losses. Let's not overlook that. Brissett, Hilton, Funches, Campbell, Pierre Desir- Let's look at Miami's personnel losses. I mean... Just look at their personnel. <laughs> right. I mean, some of these names on their depth chart, I'm like... Who in the world are these guys? Like, is this the Tampa Bay Vipers from the XFL? Right, like, yeah. what is this? And they're without, you know, their two best defensive players. They traded away Tunsil. Their top running back, their top wideout. Hell, their top three defensive players. Probably you throw Kiko, Kiko Alonso into that group. I mean, like, it's a sorry collection of NFL talent. And the fact that you again play down to your competition and in two weeks, we've gone from saying two seed, possible buy. Eight and two, to, here we come. Right. So now you are just backed squarely against the wall with three straight divisional games coming up. Um, that's that's disappointing. And I talked about on Thursday's podcast, play to your standard. Define a standard and play to that. Don't get, care about who's on the other sideline. And again, for the third straight week, you have played – to a substandard level. You, you've you played like a team that looks like they should be drafted in the top 15, honestly, top 10, with how they've played the last three weeks. Yeah. That's how they've looked. And it's not often I feel bad for millionaires, but I felt bad for Peyton Manning and company having to watch that shit show. Yeah, what a I terrible, mean, that was, terrible game to be Ursa takes the mic at halftime, and I'm like, please say something about the first half. And then said he's like, Dwight Freeney was a Tasmanian devil. Uh, and he just thought uh, <laughs> it was just Ursay was Ursay. Uh man, that was uh ugly. Do yeah. the do the ugly song. U G L Y, you know, yeah. sing it, sing it. That's exactly what it was. For sure. Like Will Ferrell on Saturday Night Live. I don't know <sighs> if you've seen that skit yes. or not. But yes, yeah. that's good. Exactly what it is. Okay. Well, a lot of things that you didn't like from a performance like that that you just mentioned. And and let's start with, with Brian Hoyer. You know, he gets the nod as a starting quarterback with Jacoby out and looked like a totally different quarterback than what we saw in Pittsburgh coming in, yeah. you know, uh, on the second quarter last week. Joey, he looked like Philip Walker. Oof. You know? Um, I mean, honestly, I think Blue, the mascot, would have played better quarterback. It was more entertaining, sir. Entertaining, yeah. Sir. And, and yeah, Blue throws those passes from the upper deck. I mean, Blue's an athlete. That's true. Yeah. Blue, uh, Blue, hey, Blue ain't just no chump. Blue, Blue, Blue's got an arm there. Two things here with Hoyer that I want to get into right now. His individual play is one, and then how the Colts handled his preparation leading into Sunday. So let let's start there. Why why Brian Hoyer? 
started. Mm-hmm. Jacoby Brissett practices every day, limited every day. From everything I've been told, Jacoby Brissett took pretty much every starting rep Wednesday and Thursday. I didn't do anything out of the pocket, but took every starting rep. Frank Reich thinks Jacoby Brissett's probably going to start, and then he goes back and watches Friday's practice tape. So you, you've gotten through the whole practice week, yeah. and you watch the film, and you're like, man, he looks 80% to me. And that wasn't enough for Frank Reich, which I said on last Monday's podcast, and certainly Thursday, I'm okay with Brian Hoyer starting against the Dolphins. You just got to make sure that you give him the proper practice reps, starting reps, to then go out there and play competent football. And I don't think the Colts gave him that. Does that absolve Hoyer for looking like he did? No. But you've got to prepare him a little bit better. And I get it. There's a fine balance. You want to evaluate Jacoby Brissett. You want to see how he looks physically. Can't you see that with Jacoby taking half the snaps with the second unit? You know, can't I mean, can't you? Yeah, you can. You can do that in other ways than just saying, here, Jacoby, here's 98% of the starting reps. Brian Hoyer, you know, go throw with Chad Williams. I mean, it's just that to me, I think, was a mishandling. I mean, they didn't tell Hoyer he's going to be the starter until Saturday morning. Right. I heard that in the post game yesterday. At that point of the week, all you got is a walkthrough. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's it. I mean, it's, you know, but- Hoyer was staying after practice a little bit and trying to do some extra walkthrough stuff. And that's just. It's even with that though. I mean, this whole week he has to have that mindset of okay. But but it's it's one thing to have the mindset. It's another thing to go out there and expect to be having this great timing with so many guys. You know, it it, it was these fade patterns, these touch passes that are so timing centric. Like you ever play the game five hundred with your friends growing up? Yeah. You know, throw the ball in the air and it's jackpot, just yeah, box. exactly, yeah. jackpot, all those. Brian Hoyer was throwing some 500 balls on Sunday, just hoping. And it was like, I don't know, man. It, it was just. But but not just to the mindset, though. It's that last week in Pittsburgh, he literally is coming in cold off the I bench. Know, I watched. I I, you know what I mean? Jacoby's the starter that <laughs> yeah. whole time. He's down the field. All of a sudden, I watched, literally watch Hoyer hop up, you know, start throwing warm-up passes, and then boom, he's in the game throwing a touchdown pass to Jack Doyle. So that's what I'm confused about is that how does he look that this bad? week you have a whole week where you're saying, okay, there's a there's a chance, there's a better chance than I thought last week that I'm going to be starting this game with Jacoby being iffy. And 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 that's still more time than he got against Pittsburgh. No, and you're, it's just confusing. You make really good points. And, and let's now transition, I guess, to Hoyer's individual play. The Colts could have handled him better Wednesday through Friday. That's I, I, I want to acknowledge that. I want to make sure that that's out there. And then I also want to say, again, Brian Hoyer looked more like Philip Walker than a $12 million backup quarterback. Yeah, You pay him too much money to look like that. That was awful. It was inaccurate throws. It was poor decision-making. And the biggest difference, which you saw it firsthand in Pittsburgh, Brian Hoyer does not protect the football like mm. Jacoby Brissett. No. He, he can make some great throws. Certainly, but he does not protect the football like Brissett. What was that pick to Zach Pascal there with, you know, midway through the fourth quarter on a critical? It's a first down pass. Yeah. It, it, it's a rollout with Pascal on a drag route. You lead him, you give him a chance, and that's it. You throw behind him, and boom, Miami, I think that was one of the two field goals that they kicked. Yeah, put him up 16. There, there in the fourth quarter. Um, 
the numbers on Brian Hoyer from yesterday. 18 of 39. That's mm. 46%. That percentage is the lowest for a Colts quarterback since one Andrew Luck had in Cleveland. 2014? Yeah, I was going to guess 2013 or 2014. Um, Bursette had 204 yards, one touchdown, three INTs. That is a passer rating of? 40%. 38.8. Dang. Sounds like my science test grades in eighth grade. Dude, now you say I had a dream last night that I got a test back that, like, I was getting graded. Mm-hmm. Like, Jordan, our boss, like, gave us a grade Oh wow! for my content. I got, like, a 40%. That's weird. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, it does suck. Seriously, though, I was always the kid that, like, the teacher would turn the test down. Oh, yeah. You know, everybody mm-hmm. else would get it face up and just celebrate and she would. Yeah, yeah, down. exactly. Kind of put it on the corner of the desk, not like <laughs> yeah. wanting to hand it directly that to you. That was what Hoyer's performance was yesterday. That was, man. And turned down. Dude, you know how, like, when you take the SAT, if you write your name, you get like 500 points? Oh, yeah. Something like that. I was like, I'm down for this. I'm almost positive with quarterback rating. If you spike it every single play, you get like a 30. <laughs> so just being alive and taking the snap. Being alive, <laughs> taking a snap, and being able to flip your wrist down, you get 30. 38.8. Like, just, I mean, <laughs> I was stunned. And I guess that's a reason why Brian Hoyer's lost 10 straight starts, which is a stat that I'm just dumbfounded by. Like, he's not that bad. He's not that bad, but right. he looked that bad yeah. yesterday. Uh, the final drive, Joey. Play calling, decision-making, not meshing. First and 10 at the 16-yard line with, what, 30-ish seconds? to No, more than that, like a minute to go. You got three timeouts. So basically what that means is this. You have the whole field, and you have running plays. Crosshair to Ebron, fine with that, incomplete on first down, good play by Eric Rowe. Second down, I want to say that was the end zone ball to Rodgers. Too risky for my liking. Third down, Ebron double covered in the end zone, incomplete. Fourth down, Ebron short of the sticks. There was underneath stuff on all of those plays. It wasn't wide open, but there were options. I, I Maybe more crossers in that situation. You know Miami's playing straight man. Actually, on first down, when he throws the crosser to Ebron, he had Hines as the other guy crossing in, in front of Ebron that was more open. I would have liked to have seen a little bit of right, just a little bit of difference there, and then certainly from the quarterback. I, 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 didn't, I didn't think you needed to force the shots into the end zone and act like you have zero timeouts left. You can be tackled in the field of play there. Take a yeah. timeout, move on. Um, it was interesting hearing him talk about those plays in the postgame. Yeah. Just basically saying, you know, they're playing a lot of man. I just thought about, you know, giving my guys a chance to, you know, back pylon, make a play. You know, and it's I get it. And Ebron or um Hoyer's more aggressive than than Jacoby. Yeah. You know, Hoyer's gonna force a few more balls, which I am not like that frustrated by, but in that situation, I just like I know your personnel is depleted, and that's where I go back to like, okay, scheme up the crossers a little bit more. You know, this offense I thought methodically needed to get in the end zone. I, I just didn't think you're gonna be able to hit that chunk play. Um I went back, and I haven't watched the entire game yet, but I went back and watched that final drive. Gumble asked Trent Green if the Colts should have kicked a field goal. 
on fourth down and tried for the onside kick. <laughs> I'm glad that I was able. Well, actually, I'm not glad because Chris Myers was even worse on the Fox broadcast for Pittsburgh and Los Angeles. But I'm glad that I had the Colts game on mute, so I didn't have to hear Gumble. You think Gumble's pissed? The fans boot at halftime. <laughs> I'm surprised that we didn't hear any comment, and he probably was. Yes. Brian Hoyer, one of five in the red zone. Joey, you pay him twelve million dollars. Not to have a pass rating of 38, not to have a 46% completion percentage. Personnel wasn't great at the receiver position. I get that. Those numbers are horrific. Mm -hmm. Two things. The Colts mishandled this prep, and Brian Hoyer played terrible. Ends for a bad, bad result for the Colts, without a doubt. All right, man. This is... uh what everybody's talking about, what everybody's going to be talking about. And I think you and I have been more so on the end of, hey, guys, we got to do something about this with yep. Adam Benatari. And they, they came back and it, and it got the Colts back-to-back weeks. Rinse and repeat, man. Yeah. Uh, we can edit the recordings and insert them into the podcast right, from prior yeah. weeks. It's You and I have waved a, a very yellow-red caution flag since the opener about Adam Benatari and the situation. And you've played with fire, and you got burned by a one-win football team. Can you name me the Dolphins kicker? Oof. Um, no. Orlando, Orlando Mare. Hmm. Uh, he was the old kicker. Jason Sanders is his name. Again, I, <laughs> I had no idea before the start of the game. Jason Sanders was the Miami kicker. Yeah. He's twelve of twelve on extra points this year. That's the issue right now. I, I I'm trying to find. <laughs> A different way to explain to our listeners why Adventary needs to go. To be frank, um, if he was on any other team, would he be? Would he be cut? <sighs> if he was on New England, he'd be cut. And that's a standard that you need to you need to live up to. You know, that's if you're thirty second in the league in pass protection, you're making changes on your offensive line. If you're thirty second in the league in run defense, you're benching Marcus Hunt like you did earlier in the year. He's a first bout Hall of Famer, Adam Vinatieri. His track record at the age that he's at no longer matters. That's it sounds harsh. People might not like that. That's the reality of the situation. That's professional sports. It's a business. You preach accountability, then act upon it. And the Colts have not a- acted upon it. And it's a black eye on Chris Ballard. It's a black eye on Jim Irsay, and it's a black eye on Frank Reich. But- I I, I- I like fairy tales. I like happy endings. I like this great storyline, all this stuff. Like, that's great. But that's not how professional sports works. That's just... Well, I, I, I had a tweet drafted up. I, I decided not to send it because I was like, I, oh I, boy. Think, I think Reich might change his, his tune. But I had it out. I literally had the quote, has still have all the confidence in the world in Adam, Frank Reich, an hour from now after he missed the PAT, yeah. right? Because that's... Just like you said on the podcast. That's been the broken record. That's been the broken record. And then he comes out, and it was a totally, totally different tune. I've got the quote right here. As Joey said, I've got all the confidence in the world in Adam. That's what Frank has been saying for, you know, half the season now. His comment yesterday when asked if Adam Vinatieri would remain the kicker. Really no comment. We've been committed to him. You catch that past tense? We've been committed to him. But like everybody, I would say this generally speaking about our roster – we are always going to evaluate. Everybody gets measured, and everyone is held, held accountable. 
From top to bottom, that's always the case. Nothing meant to read into that. That's just the reality of this business. There's been no discussions about that between Chris and I. That's just the business. In Frank Reich's world, that's pretty much saying we have a DEFCON issue at kicker. Yeah. It, I mean, for, for him. Can Frank we, yeah. Reich does not publicly. Did Mr. Ursay say anything after the game at all? Nothing. Nothing from Jim. Um there's a double standard in that locker room with Adam Vinatieri. I post an article on 1075thefan.com. The Colts have a longer leash for Adam Vinatieri that is tied behind and tangled behind seven trees in a forest right now. Whoa. And you have been cost three football games. Adam Vinatieri in losses to the Chargers, to the Steelers, and to the Dolphins. Three missed extra points in each of those games. Three missed field goals, along with the three missed extra points in each of those games. You could have lost to Tennessee and Denver (laughs) because of missed kicks as well. I I don't know what else to say about this, Joey. It's it's 10 of 11 misses inside of 46 yards. And I go back to my earlier point. This is an extra point issue to me more than it is a field goal issue. I am not acting like you're going to go sign Elliott Fry, Cole Hedlund, Young is Young Hoku back on the open market. I don't give a whatever. He's on the Falcons, actually. Indy 11's kicker. I saw their season just ended. Can you get Indy 11's goalie to come out here and 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 you know boot the ball or their star forward, whatever? I'm not acting like that guy's gonna come in here and be a 90% field goal kicker, but I am acting like he's gonna come in here and kick better than 70% on extra points. Yeah, that's the major issue to me. Frank Reich mentioned after the game. You're hovering around 90, 95-ish percent league average on extra points. Adam Terry's 14 of 20. I took a lot of 20-question tests in high school. I know 14 of 20 is 70 percent. Nice. Unfortunately. Not for Terry, but, you know, right. off the top of your head. Right, math, right. Yeah. exactly, um, which always isn't great on this podcast. But, Joey, put him on IR. M- make it cordial. As cordial as it can be. I don't. Yeah. You don't need to send out a, a two-sentence press release like you would with Deion Cain and say, you know, moving on and no quote from the GM. You can make this a little bit less damning than a wave of Matt Bryant during the season or something like that. He's hurt. He was hurt in August. And when you're 46 years old, your body is more susceptible to physical ailments. We saw it last season when he was a below-average kicker in the NFL. We've seen it again. Lastly, before I move on from from Vinny Joey, I've looked up more kicking stats than I thought was possible in my life. Gotta love it. And so I, I I've searched a little bit more on Adam Vinatieri and his career, just looking at the longevity of his career. And what I found is this: with Vinny, the reason he's a first bout Hall of Famer is clutch and longevity. Not so much accuracy. He's been accurate, but he's not an elite accurate Mm -hmm. kicker in NFL history. He's 18th in career field goal percentage in in, in NFL history. That's obviously not Hall of Fame worthy, 18th in career field goal percentage. But again, it's clutch and it's longevity of why he will go into the Hall of Fame as a first bout Hall of Famer. So what what I'm getting at is he's never been this just – perennial all-pro Justin Tucker type of kicker. Like, that's not him. In the last 12 years, 
He's been a top 12 kicker, accuracy-wise, over the last 12 years, four times. Mm-hmm. Last 12 years. Top 12. I'm not going top five. So that's going back to the eh, year after the Super Bowl year. Top, but, yeah. So yeah, since pretty much joining the Colts, he's only been in the top 12 four times. Like, he, for his career, he kind of averages middle of the pack sort of kicking, a little bit above that, like I think 13th is his league average for 23 years of kicking in this league. What I'm getting at with that is this. When you have that sort of ranking from an accuracy standpoint, and now you're throwing in physical issues. Another recipe for disaster. He's got to go. I'm not sitting here saying that you're going to cure it all, but you've left 21 points on the board this season. And you've left six points on extra points. It's the shortness of these misses that I think has to be most fresh. Watch, watch, hey, go watch Jason Sanders kick the ball yesterday. That 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 thing had some pop yep. coming off his foot. You watch number four in blue kick it wobbly. Oh my God, yeah. you're you're praying the uprights are the distance that they're at and not any shorter. Yeah. So thought Duck Hodges last week was going to pull out his you know his award winning <laughs> gun and take that sucker down I here nor there. I I hate that it's come to this I do because I think Adam Vinatieri has been a professional in handling a lot of this but you can't run from it Joey Colts got to make a move last two weeks Kevin uh really three weeks the O-line what's been going on dude I thought on Sunday Joey it was more like identification started to creep in you know against your Steelers I frankly just thought Bud Dupree and T.J. Watt and Cameron Hayward just whipped them. Just whipped them one-on-one. What I saw yesterday was more identification, more stun issues. And this is what I'm getting at. When when Frank Reich says, well, Pittsburgh's got a good, a, a good defense. Denver has a good defense. Okay, your offensive line is not supposed to be good. Your offensive line is supposed to be elite. They're healthy. They're supposed to be a dominant top three unit. And again on Sunday, they look like a below average Unit. When you're missing the personnel that you're missing, you can't have that. Pass protection is probably the biggest issue, yeah. but let's not absolve the rushing offense. Miami, coming into yesterday, giving up 4.75 per carry. Colts get 3.8. That group has got to be elite, better. They've been average. Can't have that. Um, cannot have that. When you're missing Hilton, missing Brissett, you've got to be able to rely on that because that that unit's healthy. There's no guarantee they're going to be healthy all year long. You got to you got to ride them while while those horses are healthy. Mm-hmm. Really, really disappointing there. One thing you did like from yesterday's game was Darius Leonard being yeah. back out there and, and making plays. <sighs> Boy, he was bleeding blue yesterday, man. Yeah. He was he go. was bleeding blue. 13 tackles, two for loss, a sack, an INT, a forced fumble. He looked like an all-pro. Flat-out stud. Did you catch the Dwight Freeney salute oh, did he after really? the sack? Nice. Rocked that well in there. <laughs> so Hoyer throws the pick to, um, to Pascal. You know, late or kind of midway through the fourth quarter. And uh, the offense is running off the field, and Leonard is running on the field going arms in the air. He wants the crowd <laughs> to get on their feet. It was 
hilarious watching him run out there and the offense run off the field and Darius Leonard's putting his arms in the air like like the offense just dr- driven 15 yards and scored a game winning touchdown. Yeah. But that's Leonard. He's just he's the maniac. He's crazy. Loves football, man. He's bleeding blue. He's he is, yes. He was best player on the field yesterday. And, and we haven't seen that enough this season. He played like an all-pro. He's the only thing that I liked yesterday. I don't know if that's too harsh. Maybe the defense deserves more credit. I think Miami's offense is bleeping terrible. Um, God, Darius Leonard was good. Good. Really good. Um, Yeah. I get back from my honeymoon early Saturday morning, and so I'm getting everything ready to go, and I'm checking Twitter and everything, and then I see your story. Then all of a sudden, Deion Kane gets released. I'm like, well, "What the hell? What did, this isn't this is wild." I mean, th- two months ago, we're all aboard this guy being just you know the second coming, and then now he's cut. Crazy, Joey. I was doing leaves at my in-laws' lake house, and I look at my phone, and for a minute, I've got the blower, and I'm blowing leaves the opposite way. <laughs> you know, I I, I, I yeah. I've totally lost train of thought. I, I'm getting the tweet out. My brother-in-law, Ross, is looking at me like, oh, my God, what just happened? I mean, I got leaves going in the neighbor's yard. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What a Saturday. Yeah. Jacoby Brissett's out. Here comes Swag Kelly onto the practice squad. One note on Swag. Frank Reich never considered going with Swag. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Um, Pierre Desir downgraded to doubtful, and then you cut Deion Kane. Just a little Saturday news dump. Yeah, ho-hum. Um. You know, the more I think about it, I think the Colts are trying to send a message. You know, it, it, it was enough is enough with Deion Kane and the inability to to produce. And the most important week of the season for needing a wideout, you cut Deion Kane not to open up a roster spot for Chad Kelly. You cut him to promote Marcus Johnson, mm. another wideout, from your practice squad, who then goes and plays like 50-some snaps. I mean, that was just like, (laughs) I was stunned. And some people will be like, oh, what you're about to say is sour grapes because the media always hyped them up. The Colts have offered plenty of hype. Plenty. With Deion Kane. Remember the YouTube series, Joey? Yeah, they did a whole thing on him. YouTube series. If you're questioning... That football player and his work ethic or his whatever, you're not doing a YouTube series behind the scenes with in-house media. Nope, nope, nope. You were at training camp practice. Fans were at training camp practice. Hell, I don't know. People want to forget the night the Colts beat or lost the Chicago Bears in the preseason because Andrew Luck stole the show. Deion Kane was a stud Mm -hmm. in that preseason game. This was not media hype driven. This was, we all saw it, fans saw it. This is not something behind the scenes that all of a sudden I'm getting this secondhand from sources. Mm-hmm. Frank Reich and Chris Bauer mentioned it. There was real hype. There are people in that building, high-ranking officials in that building, believe that Deion Kane had more talent than any 2019 wideout in that draft class. Now he's, now he's done. He's done. And I don't think it's a slam dunk he comes back. He might. But I don't think it's a slam dunk. And it, it, you know what's weird, Joey? Frank Reich earlier last week, obviously before Kane was cut, he mentioned how hard he's worked in the offseason. I don't know if this is a work ethic standpoint. I don't know if something happened during the Pittsburgh week. 
after the Pittsburgh game where where he had the drop. But it's this isn't just the again, they were trying to send a message is how I look at it. Um and what what I go back to with Kane is like this is a loss. Is it a crushing, crushing blow? We can debate that, maybe not, but you've always thought he had a high ceiling. I mean, when he tore his ACL, I remember Frank Reich saying on that conference call, this hurts. He was showing the element to be able to beat press man coverage, which is hard to teach, and it's hard for a rookie to come in. And even Reich said last week, it takes time for wideouts to develop. It's, I almost think the Colts went a little too far with this. Because to me, Joey, you weren't in a roster crunch from a number standpoint. And having Deion Kane as your fifth wideout, I think would send enough of a, of a message. Just bench him. Do what you're doing with Quincy Wilson, for example. But I don't think you're at the point where you need that 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 roster spot so, so much of like, I, I would want to keep on developing him, you know? Maybe turn yeah. him into a healthy scratch for a whole month. Maybe that sends him out. Again, the, the, the roster number was not – you could have cut Jonathan Williams. He had a fourth running back. Well, Raven Clark dressed yesterday. He dressed eight offensive linemen. Why? Who the hell knows? Well, Raven Clark didn't play. Neither did Josh Andrews. Like, Roland Milligan, could you cut him? I mean, there are bodies yeah. that you could have sent packing. It's a head, it, it, it is a head-scratcher. And when we've talked about this season, Joey, what have we often said? There are two questions that I think need to be answered this season. Is Jacoby Brissett your franchise quarterback? And do you have an answer as a number two wideout to T.Y. Hilton? Slash potential number one one day as T.Y. Hilton turns 30, I think this week, and has dealt with three different injuries all in the lower body in the last 10 months. On November 11th, do we have clear answers to either of those questions? Nope, not even close. And Kane was a potential answer. That's why... I think it is just of a just a tough blow. I mean, you can't tell me Deion Kane doesn't have a higher ceiling than Rodgers or Johnson or Ashton Doolin. Or I, I I understand he doesn't help you right now. I get that he doesn't play special teams. You don't have seven injured and active guys to where you need that number so so much. So, yeah. Hey, bring back Steve Ishmael, man, <laughs> for the. Uh... If you know, you know with this podcast and Steve Ishmael. I needed that laugh. Thank there you, you for go. that. Tough blow for Deion Kane there. Uh, again, let go over the weekend. You want to get into some unfortunate Twitter questions? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Let's start with Scotty. He says, I have a serious concern about Reich preparing and getting the team ready. Do you have the same? We are not ready for the below average teams. That's not right. Yeah, I was stunned by it. And, and at this point, I don't know how you can look at the last few weeks and not have some concern. I, I don't think it's like enough to be like, oh my God, Frank Reich's not the right guy for the job. It's just, it's confused. I'm confused. I, I don't, I think Frank Reich has such a great temperament and handle that locker room. I would expect a business-like approach from the guy. That's that's a reason why Chris Ballard preaches character so much. He wants guys not to be able to listen to power rankings and watch that stuff and get a big head. He wants them to be professionals week in and week out and you can't have those performances and not blame some of that on the coaching staff. Besides Miami yesterday, though, I mean, looking back now, I mean, Oakland's 5-4, and four, 
proven to be a pretty solid yeah, team. But, but, Pittsburgh, but, like you, you they, the Colts are up ten to three driving. What about Denver? Poyer throw. Yeah, I mean, I'm more often about times I, than I, not, I know they they won that game, but you know, I guess so I guess I don't think about it because it wasn't a loss, but. It's not so much starts, I guess, for me, Joey, as it is just in general. You continue to play to your competition. Yeah, you're you're a double digit home favorite yesterday, and you score how many points in the first half? Three, zero. Wow, they got shot. I thought it was ten three. The Dang. gooser. Oh, the gooser in the first half. Boo birds were out right at half. Gumble. Yeah. <laughs> It's not good to boot. Okay, from Tom. Uh, more to blame, Hoyer or Vinny? Uh, Hoyer. Hoyer. But does that absolve Vinny? No, no, no. Right, but no Brian Hoyer. And I will say this, Joey, though. Shouldn't you have more faith in your starting kicker than your backup quarterback? You know, like backup quarterback, that that's kind of volatile. Things can go in, in multiple directions, especially when he has a lack of prep time that he had. Yep. Your, your starting kicker, that shouldn't be a worry at all. From Drew, how much of the offensive line struggles are possibly because of coaching? Googs seem to get a lot more out of this group than the current O-line coach. You know why? Oh, I boy. think it's a fair question, man. It is a fair question. Um, you know why? You've been healthy. That group has been healthy. They've yeah. started every game together this season. So, God, I guess I'm going to ask Frank Reich that question this week and can't wait for that answer. Yeah, the, the poignant pause and probably a non-answer, but... Good on you for asking. Give it a try. Uh, From Ari, are the Colts being too reluctant to play people at less than 100%? Is that a problem? Rag mentioned Brissett was 80%. It would seem 80% of Brissett is better than 100% of Hoyer. Same with Desir, where the Colts say they won't play him until he was 100%. Yeah, Ari, I'm not going to go there. I mean, Desir played one week when he had no practice time. You know, Hilton has obviously played (laughs) numerous times with this current regime with little practice time. Um you know, I, I'd love to know if just if Frank thought it was a risk of further injury. Or did he literally look at him in practice and think, that's 80%, 80% is not good enough. Um, but as I said on last week's podcast, and I will say it again, I would have probably rested rested percent. I probably would have. When I saw him practice on Wednesday, though, I'm thinking to myself, okay, he's going to play. And then when I heard how many starting reps he took, I'm like, he's definitely going to play. Mm-hmm. Um We'll see, man. Three straight divisional games coming up. <laughs> Big you season need, making right You here. need number seven. From Andrew says, I listen to your podcast every week. Love the content. I'm not trying to overreact to this loss, but with the Colts 0-7 without T.Y., it begs the Colts to get a true number two wide receiver. The current cast of starting wide receivers are simply not good enough to beat their coverage. Yes, Funchess is injured, but he's on a one-year deal, and Paris Campbell has greatly underperformed as a rookie. They need help. As the weeks go by, I think to myself, man, Devin Funches should probably be brought back. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, it can't be any worse. He can't be any worse than what you have. Right. And, and obviously, I'm being a bit facetious in that. And I also love Devin Funches talking to Adam Vinatieri on the sidelines following the miss. Oh, I'd pay a lot of money for Devin Funches to be like, you know, man, when I was a high school kicker and I was missing, you know, all those <laughs> kicks to the left. Um but in all, in all seriousness, like I mentioned earlier, number two wideout, it, it, it remains an issue. We'll see if Funches gets back to practice this week as he is eligible to play on Sunday. From Sam, do you put the failure of the last drive on the play calling or the players? Ebron, eight-yard route, Hoyer continually throwing to the back shoulder fades, five yards past the wide receivers. Probably players a little bit more, but Joey, I will say this. 
I wouldn't have minded Coach Frank Reich. I love how I just called him Coach Frank Reich. Uh, Frank <laughs> Reich um, almost forcing more of a more of a different play call, like a run or uh, Doyle in the flat. You know, something just to kind of like, this is your first option, throw that ball there. Whether you kind of hand the ball to Brian Hoyer and say, hey, man, here are some options on this play. Do with it what you will. And what, what was Ebron doing? And, and I, I guess Hoyer, if you watch Hoyer, Hoyer's reaction, he clearly thinks he's past the chains. Why else do you throw that ball? Because if you throw the ball to a guy with his back turned to the first down marker, there's no yak. There is no yards after catch coming. Some people wanted Pascal on the underneath, who was wide open. No chance Pascal gets that first down. He had 10 yards to run. Miami would have tackled him. Were you there for Ebron's scrum, I take it? Yeah. What would you think of his his uh, defense yeah. of that play? Pretty Ebron-esque? Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. You know, I, I, I'm shocked he played more than Doyle. <laughs> I guess talking to Frank Reich worked. It, he was – he was that last drive, he was targeted so much. He was like, what the hell is you going gotta on? you got to come down with that ball on that first drive. I'm yeah. sorry. you you got to want it more. If you're going to talk, you got to back it up. Yeah. From Drew Rush, I know it's early, but it's deep into the se- – <laughs> I know it's early, but it's deep into the season to assess what the Colts need in the draft. What position do they need to upgrade in the early rounds? Oh, boy. Wide out. The end. D-tackle. God, D-end, D-tackle. This, this has been a broken record. For Rinse while. and repeat. Quarterback. Uh, from Zach Palmer. Which throw made you realize Curtis Painter had actually just shaved his head and put on a Hoyer jersey? <laughs> so many of them. All of them. Probably the Ebron... Um, Probably the pick, well, both those interceptions. Obviously not the first one, but the second and third ones, I'm just like, what? What? Why? To be fair, he made some other throws that I guess he barely had any completions. What do you have, 18? He did make a couple throws that were nice, but God. <laughs> it was Phil Walker, man. Blue. I, I would have taken blue. Understood. Yeah. From Jake, do you think the Ballard-Reich area can, uh, maybe era, do you think the Ballard-Reich era can come crumbling down because of lost credibility? Give that to me again. Sorry, I was reading the email. Yeah, he autocorrected to area instead of era, so I, I messed up on that. But he says, do you think the Ballard-Reich era come crumbling down because of lost credibility? Um, I think it's a little harsh to go there, but, you know, Joey, if I'm in that locker room right now, I'm talking behind my I'm talking behind my kicker's back to my teammates about the hell's going on. Can you believe he's still employed? I, I I'm sorry. I I I don't know how you can't question the double standard that's in that locker room. Yep. He sh- he should not have a longer leash. Shouldn't. From Zach, Kevin, would it be fair to say this is the worst loss of the Frank Reich era? Also, Ebron put up or shut up time. Yeah, yeah, pro- yeah, probably the worst loss. Um, put up or shut up time for Ebron. Yeah, I mean he, he he's he was targeted twelve times, had five catches, create more separation. I, it's not all on him, you know. Again, Hoyer didn't throw some great balls to him. Um, but yeah, w- without Ty Hilton, you needed even more from from Eric Ebron. From Jorge, he wants to know: Are we in quarterback purgatory? You know, some obviously are going to care more about the Colts' record at the end of the year. 
and others might care more about that answer, that that question right there. Because if you have to sit there and gather your scouts in whenever the season ends and think, all right, what do you believe we should do at quarterback moving forward? If there's indecision in that room, that to me is a bigger issue than going 9-7 and seven or 10-6 and six this year. That question to me I think has to be answered more than any this season. And right now, you don't have that. From Michael, who's more to blame for Adam Vinatieri for all the missed kicks or Coach Reich's blind loyalty and costing the team 21 points in the kicking game alone? It's a great question. Both. I mean, both, both deserve really equal blame. It's just the blind loyalty to me is stunning, you know? It, it's like it's like when the parent has realized that their kid should probably be on the bench and they're fine and, and like they accepted it. Admitting that is so hard. It almost feels like that's how Frank Reich is going with with, with Adam and Inter- Trust me, I still think he should play. Still, I mean, <laughs> he, he he's got it. He's done it before. That that can no longer apply. It can no longer apply. Colts with Grant asks, "Do we really think the support for Vinny is creating a schism in that locker room?" I do. Again, no one will publicly admit it. You can maybe find a few quotes. It was kind of funny last Thursday. Eric Ebron said, and I'm not 100% sure if he actually meant it, but when you transcribe it, it's like, clearly winning games by just three points is not enough right now. Like, that was an Ebron answer in the course of a question. And I don't I don't know if Ebron, like, really meant it as a shot at the kicker. Obviously, if you pull that quote out, yeah. it definitely is a shot. Anthony Costanzo had a similar quote yesterday after the game. But, I mean, Joey... I get that Adam Vinatieri is a future Hall of Famer, but kickers always have this stigma. Like teammates always this with everybody else. Yeah, I mean, we see it. You like know? they always they're throwing the football off the crossbar. Like they're like they're just doing their own thing yeah. in practice, and then you give them reason to not like them based off their performance. Darius Leonard was an All Pro for sixty minutes yesterday, and he lost that game because again you were chasing points. Could have gone for a field goal at the end. Hell, Gumble wanted you to go for a field goal at the end. <laughs> From Elliot, which team is the real Colts? The one that beat the Texans or the one that got beat by the Dolphins? You know, I want to see this team back at full strength, Elliot, but Joey, now three straight weeks of playing to your competition. And I know Pittsburgh is currently in the playoff picture, but um, I think if you're going to make me answer right now, it's been the team we've seen more lately. Again, I want to see the personnel get back, and I want to see how this team gets up off the canvas, but they are squarely on it right now. And I mentioned it on third – I think I mentioned it last Monday with, with Maddie. The loss to Pittsburgh was not good, obviously, because it, it's a loss, but now all of a sudden you've lost a potential head-to-head tiebreaker with another AFC wildcard team. So now you've done that to Oakland. Now you've done that to Pittsburgh. Similar to last year, it's almost kind of like, okay, is your best chance to get in the playoffs through the division? Because you already have the early head-to-head tiebreaker against Houston. Yeah. And I, a week from Thursday, I, I I can't stress enough. Colts-Texans, game of the year. Is that Must win. What about the Kansas City game? Uh, just just real quick, I'm I'm – I'm interested think, by that because at the time it was like, well, the, yeah, rightfully so, the Chiefs looked unbeatable. Colts went in there, beat them up, 
and then now the Chiefs are six and four, and it's you know I know Mahomes just got back, but what does that win? I look think like? the Colts have the ideal blueprint for Kansas City. That O line being able to run the run run the ball. Um, they did something totally drastically different on defense. Yeah. Now they've put that on film a little bit, so teams can game plan against it. And to be fair, Patrick Mahomes was banged up, and no Tyree Kill. Now, what, no Malik Hooker, right, for the Colts in that game, I want to say? Or or Gathers. Gathers played six snaps yesterday. Can you believe that? Um, to get back to your question, though, it's just, yeah, that win doesn't look as juicy as it did at the time. And like you mentioned earlier, I don't think the Oakland and Pittsburgh losses look, Oakland especially, doesn't look as horrific. But you have a loss to the Miami Dolphins. You don't have a win over the San Francisco 49ers or the New England Patriots. Like, you just have this horrific loss. You don't have that just unbelievable win. You have a really good win at Kansas City and even home to Houston, but the loss on your schedule is far worse than any win that you have. Uh, from Conroy, for a replacement kicker, what are your thoughts on Carly Lloyd? She recently oh. tried out for a team, but don't remember which team. I think it was the Eagles. Tryout might have been an aggressive term to use as well. Yeah, who you got? Lauren Chaney was on the World Cup soccer team. She's a local Ben Davis grad, married to Drew Holiday. Who you got? Pike High School got a kicker? I don't know, man. I went to high school with a kid that kicked at Air Force. I mean, Call him up. Yeah. I always thought Tyler Keever, a kid I went to high school with, had a great leg. I always thought he should be a kicker, played soccer. Um, my buddy Jason Seward's a really good athlete. I'd love to see him get an effort. Um, in all seriousness, the extra points. 14 of 20 on the year. And do you notice that miss? It's that ugly hook. Yeah. It's that quick hook. He almost missed the 39-yard field goal. That mm-hmm. thing was barely yep. got in there. It's yep. just uh, something's wrong. Something's wrong with the plant leg. From Josh, what's been going on with the offensive line lately? Pass protection has been shaky, and there's not been as many rushing lanes for the running backs. Are opposing defenses just loading the box to limit the running game? I think a little bit of that, certainly, Josh, but also the breakdowns and pass protection. Yesterday we saw the combination, one-on-one, along with the misidentifications, and that is a worry. It is This offensive line is not a don't worry about it anymore, and that's what it was late last season and, and even early this year. You weren't worried about the offensive line. Yeah. Now you're starting to be worried. You're worried about them against the effing Dolphins? No. Their best defensive lineman is named Taco. I forgot they do have him. Yeah. Reborn again. Taco. After Christian Wilkins from Clemson, too. Yeah. From Matt T., would you be shocked if the Colts missed the playoffs? Also, is Riken Ballard overrated at this point? Oh, no, I would not be shocked if they missed the playoffs. And uh, let's not. <laughs> what were we rating Riken Ballard? Like, I, You know, I don't know if, like, I think on this podcast we've always had a proper kind of evaluation on them. I think they're really good. I think they um, are two guys that can be very successful in Indianapolis. But I don't think we've ever looked at them as like top five head coach GM combination slam dunk. No no questions asked. Mm-hmm. I think they're good. Really good. Um, but they've made some mistakes this season, certainly. From Scott. How much of the loss had to do with missing QB1, wide receiver one, and how much was due to everything else? I feel like we haven't come close to peaking yet. And with guys coming back from injuries in the next few weeks, aren't we primed for a playoff run? That's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is 
this is who the Miami Dolphins were missing yesterday. Their left tackle, Laramie Tunsil, their best defensive player in Mika Fitzpatrick, their second best defensive player in Zavian Howard, their third best defensive player in Kiko Alonso, their best running back in Mark Walton, their best receiver in Preston Williams, uh, Kenyon Drake, Kenny Still. <laughs> yeah. Colts had significant personnel losses. Miami had a ton more. Like I said earlier, it was a Tampa Bay Vipers. Look at those names. The names are amazing. Yeah, it was like replacement league thing or something. I, I was telling my brother-in-law and father-in-law, I'm like, start Keelan Balaj in fantasy. They're like, who? And my father was like, Nicki Minaj? <laughs> like, hey, he got 28 touches. But, man, he was terrible. That was a bad, bad advice by me. From Kyle, why aren't the Colts running the damn ball? They're running it. They're just not running it effectively. Right. That, that I mean, that's 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 what they're doing. Marlon Mack's still getting a ton of carries. Just the effectiveness of that is not there. Daniel wants to know why did let's Ebron, go three more, okay, three more. Why did Ebron run an eight yard route when we needed ten plus? I mean, is that maddening? That's one of the things that old guy yelling at his TV from his couch, not running to the sticks on on third down or fourth down is that, that might be in the top three reasons why old guy yells at his TV. Hell, my mom, you know, it's defend the sticks. Know where the sticks are, and then uh, on both sides of the ball. Lori Molinaro knows her football. She does. That yeah, that was. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I. I don't get it. I'm at a loss. I'm sorry. I should be better. From Kevin, if they aren't going to move on from Vinny, is it time to seriously consider going for two in non-critical situations? If you convert on half of them, you're in the same place as hitting 100 percent of your PATs, which this unit is nowhere near converting. Kevin? A little analytics there. Kevin, the fact that you're asking that question means a, a, a change needs to be made at kicker. When you are forcing your hand, and, and uh, trust me, there's a lot of legitimacy to, to asking that question. The fact that you have to ask it, though, means a change must be made. Going for two every game? Like... <laughs> You know, do you have a 300-pound offensive lineman that can toe bash it 33 yards through the, you know, like high school? I mean. Quentin Nelson just gets one of those block oh shoes on his right foot. and just I would love that. That'd be hilarious. God, that'd be awesome. I, it's it's a fair question, and it's unbelievable that it's a fair question. But no, you can't. Stop. Make a move. You can't go for From Ray, who was responsible for Fitzpatrick when he ran 11-plus yards mm. for the touchdown mm. on third and 10? Dude, Fitzpatrick can kind of escape. Yeah, he's, he's a little shifty guy. Low-key play of the game, Justin Houston has him wrapped up on third and nine. You, you had just taken the lead. I think you had just taken the lead 12-10. Third and nine, Houston's got him wrapped up. Fitzpatrick escapes. Thinks think he throws it to Devontae Parker? think so. Um, boom, first down. They get a field goal out of that drive, and they end up winning the game. Um, it was Kenny Moore, I want to say. I, I no one was exactly responsible for him. There's not if you're spying Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, you got bigger issues. Yeah, you you got bigger issues. But uh yeah, I want to say the Colts were in some sort of zone there. Kenny Moore might have been the closest guy. Dude, Fitz Fitz can I'd love to know what's growing in that beard of his. Talk about a guy that's embracing Movember, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. For sure. That's what he's used to. All right, man. Um, anything else? No. Okay. That was exhausting. Yeah. What we got coming up this week? Probably be an eye on anything with Vinny. Yeah. 
Could be emergency pod. Could be. We'll see. Uh, Frank Wright conference call today at four. Wanted to get this up and get this out to you because, um, yeah, that was awful yesterday, man. We'll see. Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday. Um, I had a few questions. I guess I'll just mention here. People were uh, disappointed the Colts weren't honoring the salute of service yesterday. I think the NFL mandates you do it at one home game a year. The Colts will do that for Jacksonville. Yeah, for anyone that cares about that stuff or, or has a particular interest in that. So, uh, yeah, that'll be next week against Jacksonville. Dwight Franey, good for him. Happy to see him go in the ring of honor. Um, we're on Vinny watch. We're on Jacoby Brissett watch. T.Y. Hilton watch. Devin Funches watch. 1075thefan.com has your Colts content. He's Joe Monero. Happy honeymoon. Thanks for coming back, man. Yes, sir. And uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Thanks for listening. This has been Kevin Bowen. Thank you for listening to another edition of Kevin's Corner. If you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher for the best Colts and Pacers coverage.